Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Anabolic steroids are only getting more abundant in their usage. They're pretty easy to get. Instead of focusing on, hey, these things do bad things, and we instead focus on just simple education around the, with the facts of what they do do, of what we know based on research, based on pharmacokinetics, based on interactions with physiology, with biology, then I think we can just simply equip people with the power to make the best decision you know, for them. What is happening? Welcome back to your favorite podcast, the Gordon Podcast. I'm Justin Mahaley, and today I am going to chat with you about estrogen. Is it a benefit or is it a side effect I believe after this podcast, you'll have a very clear and concise reading of how beneficial this hormone can actually be. As always, leave us a five-star rating review. Share us with your friends. Have your notepads ready. I'll see you inside. All right, so um, I'm doing a little self-experiment here uh, right now as I'm taking myself through um, this off-season phase. The goal that I have right now is I would love to be... Um, good enough to be able to get first call outs on the national stage this year as obviously nationals is coming to Dallas, Texas. Uh, team Haley is going to be a huge part of that weekend. Um, as you know, my affiliation with battle up production just grows uh, more and more. Um, and while I'm on that note, um, March 25th in Dallas, Texas, if you are someone who is able to make it to that. And what I mean by that is you don't have to live in Texas. You don't have to be close to Dallas. That workshop um, slash press conference for NPC Nationals is going to be something you do not want to miss. What Battle Up Productions does is far beyond what any other production group is doing in the NPC. Um, they're a large reason why Texas has the best bodybuilding in the country. Um, it used to be up for debate. It used to be based on opinion. It's not anymore. That door's completely closed. Texas has the best bodybuilding anywhere in America. Tyler Mannion's flying down. He's going to be um, uh, the, the host of this March 25th conference um, in Dallas. So if you are a serious competitor... You want to go to Battle Up Productions on Instagram. You want to get the information there. And if you can make it, I highly, highly recommend you being there. Team Mahaley will be there. We're going to have a ton of athletes there. Uh, my entire coaching staff is going to be there. Um, it's it's going to be a great weekend for us. But I've been, as I'm taking myself through this um, off-season phase, right now is the best that I've ever been. 
I woke up this morning two sixty four point six, and I have this this picture. It's uh, not suited for work, if you will, just because unfortunately I had no clothes on it. <laughs> but I have this picture of my glute lines from this morning at two sixty four, and I've never had those over two forty two before. Um, so a lot of improvements are happening. Really good things are happening, but. What I'm essentially doing is I'm taking myself and I'm just changing one thing at the time. It might be diet. It might be drugs. Training is so intense right now um, that my goal is solely focusing on how can I keep that effort as high as possible and this recovery as high as possible. So the goal is not I, – I, I want to have um, recoverability for just – two rest days every nine days right now. And that's a huge demand uh, with given how hard we're training. Every day I'm training with a partner, um, whether it be Stacy and I, Dominique and I, Thomas and I, um, Bobby's coming into town this weekend, so we're going to get after it. I had Braden join me for a session. Patrick and I have been getting sessions and we're just we're just fucking pushing each other like harder than ever before. It's the most fun I've ever had with bodybuilding. Um, but I was stuck at two sixty two for um, eleven out of twelve days. I woke up at two sixty two, and then one day I woke up at two sixty. I was increasing food, got up to about four point eight k cows, and nothing was budging. So I moved up to five point one k cows, so fifty one hundred cows, and nothing was budging. And then yesterday I was like, dude. Fuck this. Let's go. Let's go. Fifty six hundred. And we hit fifty six hundred. And then I woke up on you know, my my highest weight so far today. But I'm experimenting with some things um, that I, I I have not in quite some time. Um, I know I've talked openly on this podcast. I'm not a big D bowl fan. While I brought it in, and uh, today's day two. And you might see you're watching on YouTube, which you should be. Why the hell would you not be? Might be a little red hue to me. And it's funny because I always knew that, hey, you know, if, if you have good, if you have good dianable, uh, your blood pressure is going to shoot up. You, you, you can't, you just, it's, it's, it's a guaranteed side effect of good Debo. And man, I, I popped it yesterday, 20 milligrams. And I was driving on my way to the gym and I looked in the mirror and I was like, damn, homie, are you sunburned or is that your blood pressure? Um, after about five hours, it subsided. Um, but man, I had an insane training session yesterday. I was putting up loads that I have definitely not touched before in those movements um, with good control, um, really good contractions. Today, same thing. Thomas and I got after it on chess. And uh, in my first two sets of dumbbell press, we took the 140s for 20. And I've never touched that before. That was really impressive for me. Um, so I would say that the experiment's going well, but I definitely want to keep you guys updated because I'm always looking for what can just, how can I just get more out of my people? Um, and, you know, if I haven't used something in a long time and I don't have recent experience with it, then I'm not going to give it to one of my athletes to use because you're kind of coming from a place of ignorance with it, at least in my opinion. Um, you guys know I'm firm on, uh, you know, a real leader leads from the front. Um, a real leader's in the trenches. And, you know, it's wild. I'm, I'm, I'm in my realm of the best bodybuilding that I've ever been in. And every update that I get from my athletes, I mean, there's very few athletes that are not keeping up with the standard right now. Um, and I think, you know, I think those people kind of identify themselves and, you know, they come to a crossroads of, man, can I, am I going to pick it up or 
am I just going to settle for, you know, where I'm at? Um, cause it doesn't feel good being left behind, but I have a few clients in town right now. Uh, Kiki Mazla, she's in town. Annalise Hermanson is in town. They're both absolutely phenomenal people. Bobby's on a flight right now coming in, like I mentioned. Um, and Annalise was just getting after it at the gym with Emily. I saw Kiki just crushing some RDLs earlier. It was really impressive. Um, and it's, 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 it's fun watching athletes who have really put that time in, um, and, have gained some notoriety, if you will, within the framework that we're doing. Um, it's fun to see them come into town. It's fun to, you know, train alongside them and, you know, watch them really kick ass. Um, it's, it's, it's impressive, you know, what we have going on here. The standard's pretty unbelievable. Um, something that I definitely have only ever dreamt of before, but the goal is nationals. I really want to be good enough to get uh, a first call out at nationals this year. Obviously, you know, last year, um, just, just didn't go how I wanted it to go. Um, you know, I'm biased. Um, I believe in myself. I believe that, uh, I, I, I believe that I, I should have been better on game day and that's 100% on me. It's not on anyone else. It's hundred percent on me. And I believe that I should have won that show and, you know, taking that loss on the chin in the overall, you know, what pisses me off. People are like, well, you didn't really lose. Like you won the super heavy class. No, you don't compete to win your class. You, you compete to win the show. Uh, I, 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 um, I couldn't even tell you where that trophy, where that first place medal is for my class. It's not in my apartment. Um, I think I gave it to Danielle. I think Danielle probably has it in the back of her car. So I, I, not personally, I never want to see it. Um, that's just how I operate. You know, you, you, you prep to win shows, um, not just your class, but you know, we'll see how the year plays out. I, I have a lot of clients that are just going to really kill it this year. I'm really excited about. Um, but I figured I started taking Dianable. There's a large estrogenic response to Dianable. So let's talk about estrogen today. <laughs> um, especially in, in women, I, I think if you've listened to this podcast enough now, and women, we know that estrogen is that primary sex hormone and, you know, testosterone is secondary in nature um, to that estrogen. And men, it's, you know, reverse testosterone is, you know, that main sex hormone. Uh, estrogen is, you know, going to be secondary in nature. Um, obviously, it, it gets converted. Uh, testosterone gets converted, um, you know, into these other hormones like DHT, um, if, if the testosterone encounters the five alpha reductase enzyme, um, which can happen in the blood or in the actual tissues of the body and, and DHT there's, let's educate on DHT for a minute. Actually, DHT is a more potent androgen than testosterone itself is. And it has a binding capacity to androgen cell receptors that is much more potent than testosterone. We have a metric that suggests that it's five times more potent. I don't, I don't know. I don't love working on these metrics like, um, you know, the anabolic androgenic ratios, right? That like steroids are, um, I guess, categorized based on their potency. Um, some of them suggest that, you know, like, a trend balloon, for example, is like four times more powerful or five times more powerful than testosterone. But when you take trimbalone, you don't get five times the results. So when you take testosterone, you can argue that you don't 
necessarily get more results than you do with testosterone. It you know depends on the person. Um, it depends on their ability to handle the drug or like Trestolone. Trestolone is supposed to be like 10 times stronger. Like that means if you take Trestolone, you're going to get 10 times more than you do from testosterone. It, the metrics of how these items, how these tools are measured, it doesn't always play out that way in an actual biological function within a human body, right? But DHT is, is it's very potent. Um, in, in men, as you get older, you'll commonly see like DHT side effects pop up, which is like a thinning of the skin or thinning of the hair or whatever, because your testosterone is declining. And so your body believes that, well, if I can convert this testosterone to DHT and DHT is more potent, quote unquote, using air quotes, um, more potent than testosterone that like, really it's not dropping at all. It thinks that it's troubleshooting itself. And, you know, unfortunately things don't work that way, but there are DHT effects that you're going to get into. Um, and like I've discussed previously on podcasts, this right where HRT can be so beneficial when we start having that DHT conversion ramped up in men, um, because there can be some negative side effects. It, it depends on the person. It depends on how your body responds to DHT, but there can be some negative side effects that you, you just don't really want. Um, and, you know, HRT can kind of offset that, make sure your testosterone is, um, you know, is, is, is going to say elevated enough. So in muscle, DHT is rapidly degraded by local enzymes. So it exerts, you know, smaller effects in muscle than what testosterone does. And other tissues in the body, um, DHT can actually be a primary androgen. But for muscle tissue, testosterone is a primary anabolic hormone. And again, this is, you know, just another way to combat those metrics that I was talking about. Testosterone is the most, when you put testosterone in your body, your muscle cells respond to that the best. It, it knows what that is. I'm not going to claim that testosterone is like stronger than, you know, these trembolones or you know, trust loans or whatever. It's just, it's really person dependent. Um, and, you know, as a coach, your job is to experiment with different things and people and be able to pick up on what they're responding to the best and then use those, you know, levers as best as you can. Um, Several of the most an uh, popular anabolic steroids are structurally based on DHT, yet they, without a doubt, produce anabolic effects in muscle. And this is possible because the DHT-based steroids are structurally modified to be able to exert anabolic actions in muscle, unlike DHT itself. So the advantage of the DHT-based steroids is that they are not subject to actions um, of the aromatase enzyme that converts androgens, including testosterone, into estrogen. And because of this, the DHT-based drugs cannot be converted into estrogen. So um, when you take the DHT steroids like an Anivar, which we know binds to the androgenic receptor at a very high rate, a Primabolin, a Masseron, um, Terenable, any DHT drug, there's they have been altered to focus on the muscle cell over the aforementioned other cells that DHT that's naturally occurring in your body. Um, so they're not necessarily one-to-one -one because the chemical structure of the DHT of the of the anabolic steroid is going to be very specific to that muscle tissue. You know, for years, I mean, even when I really started learning about, um, 
you know, bodybuilding forms and functions about seven, eight years ago, estrogen was really thought to be like this minuscule thing in men. And you would kind of go around just with crash, crushed estrogen all the time. I remember, um, you know, the first cycles I ever used, I was just crushing my estrogen. Like it was down to zero. That's what was preached. That's what you would get on forums. It wasn't, you know, there wasn't these YouTubes and Instagrams and there, there wasn't research. There wasn't like good information to have, um, when I got started in this and, you know, after my training session today with Thomas, we were sitting there talking. We were like, dude, it is. it would just be so easy to be a new lifter nowadays. If you have any sort of bullshit detector, it's really easy to figure out who to listen to. Um, it's really easy to figure out who can, you know, back their theories up. Um, it's really easy to, you know, kind of become an expert without having all the noise. Again, as long as you have a, you know, good bullshit detector. Um, so the major theories about the function of estrogen in men were that it helped to maintain bone mass as it does in women who produce higher levels of, of the hormone. But the onset of menopause in women is associated with a drop in estrogen production, and that adversely affects bone mass, causing a gradual deterioration of bone thickness and density, which is known as osteoporosis. So interestingly enough, men can also get osteoporosis, especially with long-term deficiency of testosterone. If you're testosterone deficient as a male, you're very likely going to be estrogen deficient as well because estrogen is a secondary hormone to the testosterone like I talked about earlier. The mechanism is thought to be a lack of sufficient estrogen in men, um, like I said, caused by a lack of testosterone. The complete role of what estrogen does in the human body, men and in women, I wouldn't say is yet completely established because if you look back on the last five years, it's come so far. What we know about estrogen's role has come so far that I just don't believe that we're done with uncovering more and more roles of estrogen. I tell my guys, when you're utilizing drugs, we're going to run estrogen as high as we possibly can without you having side effects. Without you having decreased libido, bad acne, um, mood irregularity, sleep pattern issues, we're going to run it as high as we can. Obviously, gynecomastia, we don't want to have that. But we know there's a multitude of health benefits from having estrogen. It's like, well, shit, you know, you're running testosterone so high. It's like if your labs come back and your testosterone's at 1,800 and your estrogen's at like 30, <laughs> Like we're not, it's not a very good ratio, um, you know, assuming we're not in like a deep contest prep, right? Like that's not a great ratio. You know, if we can have tests at 1800 and we can have estrogen, you know, above 60, above 70 and not have any issues, that's going to be way better. Um, you know, the reality of it is there's, you know, certain parts of a push cycle, your testosterone might come back 2400, 2500. I mean, I've, 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 I've seen 3000 and it's, your body still works in a bioidentical ratio that it deems to be best suited for itself. So it's like if we have to, if we have testosterone values, like total T values over 3000 and estrogens like 60, it's probably not enough, right? We probably want to get that up. So we would like to stay in somewhat of a ratio there, um, you know, without having side effect. But then there's also a side of the coin that's like, hey, if you're in a push phase with your cycle, like there's going to be some side effects that you're going to have to deal with. It's not going to be side effect free. At that point, it's about mitigating those things and making sure that they don't become prolonged um, issues. 
Now, one example of uh, the effects of estrogen on cardiovascular risk in, in men is that in women, the effects of estrogen in this regard are very clear cut. Estrogen protects women against the onset of cardiovascular disease. In women also, normal estrogen levels boost nitric oxide produ production in the endothelium, which is the lining of the arteries. This increased nitric oxide leads to lower blood pressure and even more importantly, more flexible arteries. So arterial stiffness is a harbinger of our, um, um, atherosclerosis, which is when your arteries harden up and stiff and inflexible arteries narrowed down due to a combination of smooth muscle proliferation in the arterial walls, along with increased deposition of arterial plaque, which contains calcium, uh, cholesterol, a few other items, and this goes back to the note that I've made a trillion times. We do not need to focus on low cholesterol. Cholesterol serves a massive, massive role in the body that I know for a fact we don't fully understand similar to the estrogen. Women's higher estrogen levels also favor higher levels of protective high-density lipoprotein cholesterol. We now also know that this is true in men. Men have... Some of the worst lipids I've ever seen because we've just crushed estrogen for so long. Whenever we bring that estrogen back up, we see the HDL slowly rise as well. Commonly, it's the fix of fixing lipids isn't as simple as like, hey, raise your estrogen. But that's a pathway to allow the fix to occur, right? HDL serves to remove excess cholesterol circulating in the blood and carried it to the liver where the cholesterol is degraded into bile. This system is known as the reverse cholesterol transport. It's the only way the body can rid itself of excess cholesterol that isn't taken up by LDL cell receptors. This is a huge deal. If we are low on HDL, we are going, all the cholesterol that we have in the body is going to be readily available for LDL cell receptors and your LDL dries further. Elevated LDL is terrible for cardiovascular health. We know this. So in simple terms, estrogen protects women from CVD, but with the onset of menopause, with estrogen levels decline, so does the CV protection offered by estrogen. And as a result, women are then as prone to CVD as men are. We don't want that. Why not keep estrogen as high as we possibly can? Why not start respecting what we have literature on, what we have research on? There's people that dedicate their lives to this research and literature, and there's, you know, there's still half the bodybuilding community that's like, well, you know, fuck researchers, like they're anti-bodybuilding because they never use bodybuilders, and you know, none of the research applies to us because they're not using bodybuilders. And, you know, there's, I shouldn't say half, I should say about 40%. And then there's another 40% that everything they do has to be backed in research. And that's obviously a terrible place to be. And there's like 20% of us that's just like, hey, why can't we all just coexist? Why can't we all just get along and, you know, use the strengths that we have and the data that we have happening right in front of us? Why can't we just use it to our benefit? The word estrogen is usually used in a, in a, in a singular sense that, like there's only one kind and there's three known types of estrogen. Um, there's a fourth that's like a methylated estrogen um, that comes from certain drugs that the liver can methylate. But then um, there's also one that's uh, produced only in fetuses. And, uh, you know, once you're not a fetus anymore, it kind of goes out the way. So there's estrone, 
There's 17 beta estradiol and there's estriol. Uh, 17 beta estradiol is the most potent form of estrogen. That's the one that you're going to get on a regular blood panel. The estradiol reading, that's the 17 beta estradiol. After menopause, that's when levels of the 17 beta form decline. Estrone actually becomes the dominant form of estrogen, but it's far weaker in its effects compared to the 17 beta. So, um, it, before I make that note, estrone is also the type of estrogen that is found in milk. So, milk is often avoided because it contains estrogens. And in fact, the estrogen in milk is estrone, which is there's such weak estrogenic activity that um, it's not going to make a big difference. Another thing to consider is that the amount of estrogen contained in commercial milk products is so uh, is is so much lower than what's naturally produced by a male and female body every day that I I don't believe that it's going to make this huge difference. There's just simply, in my opinion, there's not enough estrogen in milk to have any significant biological effect. Um, soy is another one. Soy has this reputation of helping to prevent um, um, PC. And one reason for this is because soy is a natural selective estrogen receptor modulator, like how Nolvidex and how Clomid are. And, um, so in men, to help control the estrogen levels, like who use the Nolvidex, and the Clomid, and they're, they're also used to treat breast cancer, but soy works because it interacts only with estrogen B receptors, which help prevent the PC onset, and this is one reason why men in Japan, where soy foods are popular, have lower rates of, of uh, PC compared to men in the West because of Japanese lower fat diet, consumption of fish. It also helps you know aid this effect. PC's prostate cancer, by the way. It also helps. Um, it adds to that effect. So any circulating testosterone in the blood that's not bound to SHBG, sex hormone binding globulin, it's subject to conversion to estrogen as soon as it encounters the aromatase enzyme. The aromatase is particularly concentrated in the peripheral fat source of the body. So if you have higher body fat, you have a higher chance of converting your active testosterone in your body to estrogen. The higher the body fat levels the more active the aromatase enzyme is. The lower body fat levels you have, the lower your estrogen activity is going to drop. We need to keep this in mind for a contest prep. This is important consideration in how to deal with TRT estrogen as well um, because if we understand how we can manipulate the estrogen to best serve our health effects, but not allow it to get too high to where we have these negative side effects. I believe we can change the way HRT is done because right now HRT is being done with aromatase inhibitors and serms like Nolvidex and Clomid. And I mean, you're using 150 milligrams a week of testosterone. We just shouldn't need that. So if we educate, if we educate the client and if we educate doctors the people who are leading the HRT search. If we educate these people and we just simply give them the resources they need to make the, the best decisions possible, can we prevent to a large extent a lot of the cardiovascular related issues that are happening from lipid skewing or from hormonal dysfunctions that might come from utilizing androgens? Because the fact of the matter is Anabolic steroids are only getting more abundant in their usage. They're, you know, pretty easy to get. Um, like getting high quality stuff is definitely not easy, but they're pretty easy to get 
for just a kid at the gym. Um, if we, instead of focusing on, hey, these things do bad things, and we instead focus on just simple education around the f- with the facts of what they do do, of what we know based on research, based on pharmacokinetics, based on interactions with physiology, with biology, then I think we can just simply equip people with the power to make the best decision you know, for them and to be able to best auto-regulate their side effects and what their health and what their experiences are. It's similar to dieting, like a keto diet. Whenever you remove one macronutrient from a food group or from your diet that your body can use and have benefit from, it's probably not a good idea, right? If you remove a freaking sex hormone from your body, it's probably not a good idea either. And I feel like that's the approach that needs to be taken here. Now, in a peak week setting, this is where folks often like to cut estrogen all the way down to zero. Um, because of, you know, water or, you know, what, whatever it is. I don't love doing this. It's going to depend on the person. If it's someone who's an endomorph by nature, it might be a really good idea to drop that estrogen down. If it's someone who, um, is more mesomorphic or ectomorphic in nature, I'm just not sure that we really need to be doing that. Um, through getting in shape, first and foremost, if, You have less fat on you, you're going to have less estrogen conversion. And if you have less fat on you, you're going to have, you know, less places for water to really be stored and held on to subcutaneous. If you nail the stress mitigation process through the final week, um, if you nail the water manipulation and the sodium manipulation um, and, you know, you, you just nail your processes down. I'm just not sure we ever need to cut estrogen all the way down to zero because estrogen is going to serve a benefit of glycogen stores intramuscularly. So it's going to help us there. That's a great effect. We know that cutting estrogen down to zero is going to have some sort of negative effect on um, what our liver is able to do, what our what our nutrient partitioning is going to partitioning is going to be able to do. It's going to have a negative effect on our mood, and I mean, in peak week, these are all very important things. In my opinion, these are all very important things. But the reality is, I mean, there's no one size fits all, you know, for all of this. It's, it's something that you have to continually play with and you have to just assess the situation in real time. And, you know, I, I, I want my people to go into peak week with the tools that if we need to drop estrogen down, we can, but I would like them to go into peak week prepared to not have to do that so that we can have the most seamless, um, opportunity to bring our best from a mental and a physical perspective come show day. If you feel good, you're going to play good, right? And if you feel good, you're going to perform good up on the stage. And if we're performing good up on the stage, then we already have, um, you know, we already have a slight edge over the competitors who might not feel very great, right? The last note I want to make, similar to testosterone, estrogen is carried in the blood bound to SHBG. This is very commonly missed. The sex hormone binding globulin is usually related more closely to testosterone than estrogen, but sex hormone binding globulin absolutely affects estrogen as well. The only free or unbound form can react with estrogen cell receptors, just like testosterone. So estrogen does bind much more loosely to the SHBG compared to testosterone. Um, but that is a consideration to keep in mind. 
when you're assessing blood work and you have something to fix for somebody and you're like, hey, let's drop the SHBG. But if we have any sign of estrogen dominance already happening, or we have any sign of uh, unleveling of the sex hormones, that might not be the best move that you can make. And it, SHBG and testosterone have this extremely interlinked relationship in the eyes of the people, if you will. So keep that in mind as you're assessing for the coaches out there, um, as you're assessing the blood work. But the importance of estrogen, it's obviously very important. It can help protect against a multitude of cancers. Um, it can help protect against a multitude of health issues that can go wrong by simply utilizing androgens for a prolonged period of time and an elevated means of getting to a certain goal for your physique. So keep that in mind. As always, I hope this helps. Share it with your friends. I'll see you next time time.